0: Looking at Washington DC prior to January 7, everything seemed peaceful. But that rosy picture completely changed. It looked like a war zone. You had military vehicles and personnel everywhere. You had fencing everywhere. Border walls between the common citizen and the elected elites. It's almost as though there was about to be an attack. The government was in a military defensive posture and probably rightfully so. Because when you steal something you don't want to give up and when you steal power from the states as was done on January 6th, you need to defend that. And I guess that's what they did with all those military vehicles, all that fencing. They were trying to protect themselves because they knew they were caught red-handed.
1: Based on the confusion, the lack of confidence, the highly questionable behavior in multiple jurisdictions across this country, at this very moment, I do not have that level of confidence that my next vote will have any relevance that is an unacceptable condition within a democratic republic that is an unacceptable condition it is your job as congress it is your job as government it is your job to ensure that i have that confidence so that i can participate as a citizen peacefully and patriotically you take those options away from me at your own peril None of us wants it to go to the next level. It is incumbent on you to solve this, not me. You do not want me to solve this. That's Jan- that was January 6th in my experience.
2: So January 6th, they sit there and say that it was an awful, awful, violent mob that happened. But every time that I go to a campus, I am thrown drinks at. They roll up uh, rocks into toilet paper and they throw it at my head. They tried to hit me with skateboards. My security has had to physically push them out of the way because they have been trying to approach me. They have actually damaged my hearing. I now have hearing loss because they get into my ears with their megaphones and they blast everything that they can into my ears. And. That is considered free speech to the campus, that's considered free speech to the police who were there, Uh, but January 6th happens and oh my gosh, it was violent. You would have thought that it was the most violent bloodshed ever in American history. I have that stuff happen to me, you know, they did that to a building. I have that same thing happen to me, a human being, every time I go into a college campus no one cares they think that that's okay but those same exact people who burn me with hot coffee who spit on my face and try to throw rocks at my head are probably out there condemning what happened january 6 but if i showed up today on their campus they do the exact same thing to me a human being
3: People are just tired of not being heard. You know, we go through this process year after year where we elect these candidates and they tell us they're gonna listen to us and they tell us all these promises and things. And then when they don't deliver, uh, people get upset about it. And I think we've just seen that time and time and time again. States
4: want to revote. The states got defrauded. They were given false information. They voted on it. Now they wanna recertify, they want it back. All Vice President Pence has to do is send it back to the states to recertify. That election, our election, was over at 10 o'clock in the evening. We're leading Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, by hundreds of thousands of votes. And then late in the evening or early in the morning, boom, these explosions of bullshit. And all of a sudden, you know, America is blessed with elections all over the world. They talk about our elections. You know what the world says about us now? They said we don't have free and fair elections. And you know what else? We don't have a free and fair press. Our media is not free, it's not fair. It suppresses thought, it suppresses speech, and it's become the enemy of the people. It's become the enemy of the people. It's It's the biggest problem we have in this country. No third world countries would even attempt to do what we caught them doing. Trump.
5: Trump. Trump. So January 6th was extremely peaceful. Now, of course, you had some members that, in my personal opinion, were not for America, not for Trump. Not for the union, but they were against the United States of America, and they took the opportunity to go in and be destructive and try to tear it up to make uh, the optics look bad for President Trump. No one was condoning them tearing up anything, tearing pictures off the wall, uh, just destroying someone's office. No one condones that.
6: So what I think happened on January 6th is it was pre-planned, and here's why. FBI apparently had intel that they knew there was something going down, it was largely ignored for whatever reason, nobody could still figure it out. You had far left, which you knew were going to be there, people still say they saw Antifa buses and they saw all this thing that, that you know, they've blatantly written off, well, I happen to have a couple cocktails with some Gateway Pundit people, and even though Gateway Pundit gets an extraordinarily bad rap, those guys do their homework, they vet their sources, they know their stuff. They tell me, yes so-and-so testified that there was a bus of Antifa. There were a ton of left-wing agitators. And you had your right-wing agitators. But as you and I both know, left and right wing are not far off. They're both basically anti-government. You can't just lump the right wing in and say, well, it's all Trump people, which is a load of, you know, you know what. So yeah, it was pre-planned by both far sides now. I believe people did go in the Capitol, they were led in by Capitol Police, they were also led in by the left, by the agitators, kind of riling people up, and you know I'm a psychology guy. Mob mentality, what happens? People get riled up, you're angry already because you believe there's a travesty being committed you know, to your president, to your country, however they were led to believe that it doesn't really matter. You rile up people's emotions, everybody goes in, the doors open up, and they go in. From what I saw. People were taking photo ops. They thought it was a tour of the Capitol. So people were taking photo ops and stuff. What Was there violence, was there some things? Sure, but to blame it on, on our people, we didn't coordinate this, we didn't strategize this. That was all done by the other sides knowing full well that they were gonna be able to manipulate these people into pushing this air. Why were the media all lined up and they're waiting? I mean, do the math. It's not that hard to figure out. And I'm not a conspiracy guy at all. You, you know me very well. We go back. I'm not. But, th- but that there's something optically wrong there, right? And I always say optics is everything.
7: So there were many reasons why so many people were motivated enough to come and travel from throughout the entire country, from California, driving up from Florida, and all different states, all 50 states, to come to DC, on January 6th in order to express their First
8: Amendment. I'm a patriot first who happens to identify as a Republican. And the reason I identify as a Republican, because that's the body that most closely aligns with our Constitution and my values as a Christian. That's why I identify as a Republican. But if the Republican Party ever veers away from the Constitution, the same way the Democratic Party has at this particular point, they would no longer have my support. So I can't be beholden to the party. I'm beholden to the Constitution. I'm beholden to this country, to this flag. And as long as the Republican Party remembers that, then they have my unequivocal, undying support. Pure and simple. So when you look at what happened on January 6th, that scares the radical left. That scares the establishment. Because the power belongs to the people. And when you wield that type of authority and power, if a sitting president or not sitting president can make a call and bring a million people to one location, unified under one cause that's a powerful person that's a dangerous person that movement now becomes dangerous and we're going to do everything in our power to distort to disband to discredit and that's what you saw
9: when i got up there i was like wow there are way too many people just a barrage of a hundred plus thousand people so there was no way to get to the stage And so I borrowed a megaphone, climbed up on a construction trailer, and I did my own rally and prayed for people and just, again, preached about Jesus and about our rights and about our freedoms are not given to us by the government but by God. And so I got down and I was meeting and greeting with people and then since then, man, the FBI's been on us, CNN's been to our church twice, they're doing a documentary that I led the insurrection and all this nonsense. And they just want to call it an insurrection because they know they stole the election. They've got to divert the attention, if that makes sense. They've got to be able, it's like a shell game to the left. The Democrats just keep moving stuff around, moving stuff around. Anytime we say something, we're the ones that get shadow banned. We're the ones that get censored. Because I tell people all the time, it costs nothing in America to be on the left. But it can cost you everything to be on the right. They take away everything that we have, but the left, oh, they can beat their pots and pans and say things as loudly as they want to and burn down the streets and the buildings in American cities, but if we say anything on Twitter that we're, you know, for Trump or whatever, then all of a sudden we get censored or we get shadow banned. And so it's obvious they're trying to stop us. And so I think we gotta just get louder.
10: The media did not cover what truly happened at the Capitol All that was covered was people storming into the Capitol and, you know, making a mess. But it's not the truth. It was completely misrepresented. We had so many patriots outside peacefully protesting, you know, unlike BLM, unlike Antifa, peacefully protesting, wanting to take our country back. So it's completely misrepresented. So I do not think what truly went down at the Capitol was represented fairly because of the media.
11: President Trump said, let's go. Let's go express our voices. Let's peacefully and patriotically protest against this unjust, unjust election results as Congress votes. And uh, that's, that's what the plan was. But as we saw what happened, I believe that there were a small group of people that planned to incite certain things beforehand. 99.9% of the almost 1 million people or more that were there, were exercising their constitutional right to protest, their constitutional right to free speech, and their American duty to advocate for free and fair elections. And I was there, I know a lot of the people that were there, and we are absolutely not ashamed of that, and we continue pushing for integrity in our
12: elections. Well, I think a lot of patriots wanted to come out and make their voice heard. They felt disenfranchised. They felt like something wasn't right. Something was off
2: it was mostly peaceful and it's funny because cnn says that a lot it's mostly peaceful just a, a little bit fiery no this was legitimately statistically mostly peaceful there were a few people who went in and broke windows and stole some things and took the podium and all of that but it was mostly peaceful and when you have the police letting them in as we've seen from footage that there were police letting them in you know, why did it get turned to be something that it wasn't from the media? Well, it benefited them to say that these are violent insul- insurrectionists. And, but their headlines about everything that has been happening over the summer of 2020 was mostly peaceful. But that where a few people broke a couple things. A few people took a couple things in the people's house. Not a private company, not a private business. The people's house, that's our house. They blew it up and they milked it for everything they could get, and they should be ashamed of themselves.
3: So, I think it was honestly planned. Of course, there's a few bad apples in every bunch, you know, and we don't claim them. True Trump supporters, I've been to Trump events, I've been to Trump rallies, and I've never felt endangered. There's never been any fighting or mess that's occurred. People don't even litter. I mean, this isn't true patriots who did that to our to our capital.
1: There's not anybody being beaten with batons. There's not anybody setting buildings on fire. No cars were destroyed. I didn't see one dumpster fire. I didn't see anybody throwing bricks. Unlike the summer block parties of Antifa and BLM, including the block party in the District of Columbia that required the president of the United States to be removed to the bunker by the Secret Service, and yet the media was not overly concerned by that. The mayor of the District of Columbia was denotedly upset that the National Guard was present, and we were told that the president was manipulating it for political advantage. By that's what happened on January 6th. Congress manipulated it for political advantage.
2: When the left gets mad, they burn things down, they they kill people, I mean, they take it to an extreme. We wave flags, we use our free speech.
13: When we were walking up, it was amazing. The vibe in the air was was just palpable. Everybody loved it, just patriotism, Americanism everywhere. And we walked to the Capitol, we noticed that there were some people that just kind of didn't fit in. Not a lot of people, but just one or two that were kind of around. And we saw some people up on a scaffolding, and they were with a microphone yelling, and we saw some people with hats, you know, like, almost like they were going to battle. And they were wearing black, and we were saying, those aren't us.
1: I did not insist that the election go my way. I insist that I have faith and confidence in the results of the election, not just the Democrats the rhinos, the ones that really haven't picked a place to stand, the ones that are not willing to pick a hill and die on that hill to protect American rights. I do not ask for special treatment, I ask for equal treatment. I watched the summer of block parties, including Manassas, Virginia, walking right down Main Street. We did not do what Antifa and BLM did on the outside of the building. I don't know what happened on the inside because guess what? Me and a million of my closest friends did not make it inside. It was not our intent to go inside. We made no effort to go inside. We were there to make our voices heard.
13: I started getting phone calls. And they were saying, hey, are you okay? Are you in the Capitol? There's a riot going on. I said, there's no riot? A Bunch of people started texting me. And I started taking pictures and showing people, hey, this is what I see. Look at all these people out here. Everybody's peaceful. And I t- took video and I took pictures because I wanted to document so that my narrative wouldn't get lost by the news's narrative that this, that, what this was going on. And we were just walking around and everything was great. And then we heard on the backside, flashbangs, different things like that going on that was starting inside, and people were kind of, you know, getting a little rowdy. And then we heard stuff, people yelling with microphones, loudspeakers. We were saying, those aren't our people. Those aren't what we do. We're patriots. And and like you said, a million people were out there. And 30, 40, 50 people were getting a little rowdy, and they call that an insurrection. That's not what happened. That's not the truth.
11: A landslide, not a close election, landslide.
8: The patriotic part when you're getting here with tear gas. <laughs> so from Naples, Florida, a group of patriots, we organized 90 people. We took two bus loads of people. I was going to fly up anyway. I went to the first one. I was going to go to this one. But 90 people decided they wanted to go. And, and, and we had age ranges from you know, young adults, 21, 22, 23, in college, to 70-year-old women on this bus who wanted to go up and stand. Not necessarily for President Donald Trump, they respected him because he was fighting for us. But they wanted to stand for this country, this flag, our Constitution, and freedom. They went up to exercise their constitutional right. Drove 14 hours up one way, participated, got on that bus, and drove 14 hours straight back. Why would people do that? It was a love for this country. It was an understanding that they want to pass along a country that provided the opportunity for them to the next generation. And they understand that freedom comes at a cost. And if you're not willing to stand for that, then you're part of the problem, regardless of whether you identify as a liberal or a conservative. So what I saw was a bunch of people, a million people, willing to stand for this country. What I witnessed while I was there was (laughs) very disheartening, in part for, for two reasons. I'm not condoning what happened at the Capitol. What I will say is the majority of America don't understand what happened at the Capitol because there was an agenda and a narrative that was portrayed that was simply flat out untrue. And it fooled even conservatives. Even if I go to the point at this particular point that the Capitol Police officer who died, the majority of America doesn't understand that he didn't die from blunt force trauma because that was the loudest voice and narrative that was portrayed after that day. Since the story's been retracted, not corrected, but retracted. Why? Because the coroner found no evidence of blunt force trauma. Text messaging records show that he was text messaging a family member saying he was okay and he got maced twice, but he was fine. But the narrative had already been voiced. So the American people were still under the impression that that happened. They were under the impression that there was a violent insurrection that resulted in people's deaths. Well, at this particular point, there's really only a few, really in my opinion only one death can really be Explicitly attributed to what happened in the Capitol. And that was someone being shot. Was the young lady's name? There we go, right? 14 year veteran. She's the one that lost her life as a result of that. And it wasn't at the hands of any Trump supporter. We also know that there were people there who infiltrated. We know that for a fact now, and there's so many other questions about the events of that day, but no one's willing to ask and dig into them. And if they try to, they're gonna be silenced. Then I watched the conservative leaders. I watched a lot of people who are considered leaders within the Republican Party side with the narrative. After watching the whole last year where Black Lives Matter and Antifa racked up over a billion dollars in damages, burning down cities, destroying businesses, terrorizing American citizens. They watched the media in front of burning buildings, say this was mostly a peaceful protest while the building behind them burned. And then they fell lock and step with the narrative when they condemned every person who went up to DC as an insurrectionist, as a terrorist. Because what happened was is now 0.001 percent of the people that participated in what happened directly at the Capitol now overshadowed the 99.9 percent of people who went up there to exercise their constitutional rights, yet no one, almost no one, was willing to speak up for them. They went back home. They lost their jobs. They were terrorizing their communities because now the media had weaponized their own communities against them. Their businesses were targeted. They're still being targeted. People on my bus are still under an FBI investigation at this particular point. I am under an FBI investigation. Why? For exercising a constitutional right? You have no proof whatsoever that I was anywhere near the inside of that Capitol. Yet now the people who went up there to exercise a constitutional right are being terrorized in their own country, in their own communities, and no one is willing to touch it. No one is willing to toe the line. No one is willing to risk their status or their power for what's right. And if you look at that, and and I have to think about it all the time, I think about what our forefathers risked when they signed the Declaration of Independence and when they move forward and sign the Constitution into into being. When they sign their name, they risked everything, including their life. They signed a death warrant. The Declaration of Independence was a death warrant because they were going against the Crown. A death warrant. What are we willing to risk? And the part that really upsets me is most of us are not even willing to be inconvenienced for the freedom we readily exercise. That's a problem. That's what concerns me. But on January 6th, I saw a million people, plus probably, it's just hard to quantify that many people, who were willing to stand and act. And now I'm watching the world throw those people in the trash, because the media says so. That's a problem.
13: Oh, I knew that they were going to try to set up a situation which actually happened, where they was a, there was a perceived threat. They got video of the threat, but there wasn't enough support to, to squash that threat. And they wanted to make it look like there was an overwhelming presence of Americans, they call them insurrectionists, to take over. So they wanted to have the least amount of official federal support so that they would get overwhelmed by the amount of people that were there. They set that up. Everybody knew that. You knew that the day before, they they were setting that up.
14: We can look back and we all thought we were there to passionately and peacefully protest. And that's what it felt like at the time until we heard the bad news that people had broken into the Capitol. However, when we look at all the facts afterwards and all the information coming through, it looks like Nancy Pelosi was in on planning this. It looks like this was a setup to trap patriots into a a trap basically like a mousetrap and then to uh, prosecute them and punish them endlessly after that however they see fit and i believe that nancy pelosi was in on it they knew that this was going to happen they potentially even planned this for this to happen and they knew president trump had been calling for this for weeks now so they took advantage of the situation and look it's a perfect way it's a perfect excuse to try to abolish the second amendment it's a perfect excuse to try to punish Trump supporters endlessly and call them violent domestic terrorists and brand them as such. It is all too convenient and yes, I believe that Nancy Pelosi plays a part in it.
15: President Trump was not done until after one o'clock. That tweet was sent out with that memorandum by Vice President Pence around one o'clock. So you couldn't even wait until the president was done. Your boss was done talking to give him the common courtesy before, before you felt the need to tell the American, the American public because it, it was put on Twitter so that everyone could see. And I mean, people marching up to the Capitol peacefully were grown women, men were in tears and felt completely betrayed by Pence. It was heartbreaking. They just kept saying, come forward, come forward.
10: And I had just talked to my husband, David, and he said that Pence had signed a statement saying that he wasn't going to back the president. And I started crying. And I said, well, I'm just going to leave. There's no point in being here. The American people are standing up for their rights. Yep. You mean in there? Yep. Yeah. They're Probably friends, absolutely They are. Probably USA, absolutely nothing. USA, I'm USA, sure they took a lunch break. they nothing. USA. They've been doing nothing for and all of a sudden we expect them to rise up and do something for us now?
15: You're crazy. Our candidate won a fair election. It was stolen from him. Now they were there to peacefully protest the fact that their voices were not heard and they have no faith in the election process. That I mean, he did not incite an insurrection and the fact that people thought that he did and the left is going to try and take him down any way possible. He was saying the
3: things that we had been screaming at our televisions for years. It was that visceral. It's about the issues. It's about the movement. Those who um, think that they will advance themselves by trashing President Trump are the people that need to move out. They need to, if if they're, uh, because they appear to me underneath to really be Democrats. They should just join the Democrat Party if what they're going to be doing is Trashing not just President Trump personally, but trashing the people who supported him based on policies.
16: Think about this. We've been, we've sat through four years of failed coup attempt against President Trump. From Russia collusion hoax to the quid pro Joe and everything else there, to Stormy Daniels and all the lies and all the attacks and all the lawsuits and all the cancel culture, to COVID being introduced by China, to Democrats using that to destroy our businesses, how many businesses have had to shut down, how many people had lost everything, how many suicides did we have, how many, I, you know, just total destruction of our economy. And then watching BLM and Antifa burn down our cities over the summer. People people were right. American citizens that love this country, patriots, are rightfully pissed off watching that and then having Democrats celebrate it. I mean, you have Democrats like Nancy Pelosi and AOC and Rashida Tlaib coming out and, and saying, and and Kamala Harris paying the bail for these thugs that were destroying cities in this country. And then they have the nerve, Nancy Pelosi let them in. There is no there's no way to describe it other than that. She let them in and Mayor Bowser, Mayor Bowser is also to blame in DC. They had the opportunity. They could have had 10,000 National Guard's troops out there. They offered it. There's a chain of command and they said no. That that is 100% on them. And they did it clearly now because they wanted it, because they wanted the optics to be able to go after President Trump with his second failed uh, uh, impeachment attempt. Uh, and then yes, people were pissed. I mean, you, you just, you create that powder keg, and then you open the doors, uh, and then you have agitators in there. John Sullivan is a known BLM, I, I've, I've seen him there. I've seen him there on BLM uh, Plaza, with BLM, attacking patriots, uh, with Antifa and there were many other of those individuals that were dispersed in the crowd. Now we know after the fact that were agitating, uh, using people's natural frustration to, to heighten that anger and to motivate them to do things that I think most of them wouldn't otherwise have done.
5: We have the law in the nation right now not upholding to the oath that they took. The FBI, the CIA, the DLJ, Homeland Security, they all know that the U.S. Constitution was violated this election. But not a single one of them have come up and say we're going to do a, a thorough investigation about these states that went to judges around the legislators in these states,
9: completely violating the U.S. Constitution. That's the problem. Everybody knew when the shift took place in the middle of the night. We could tell. There is no way around the fact that all of these signed legal affidavits, these people are not lying. And we're not talking about people on our side. We're talking about people on the other side that said, you know what, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life in prison for a bunch of fraudulency. And so there's no way around mathematically, scientifically, logically, the numbers of the game. We watched it shift. We know that Donald Trump won by an unbelievable landslide. I'm convinced he probably had 100 million votes. There's no way Sleepy Joe got that many votes. I mean, we do a live stream every single weekend. Our live stream is probably 50 times larger than any gathering that Joe Biden has ever had just on a live stream. I mean, it's hard for the guy to get a thousand people to watch. And you expect me to believe that he won single-handedly the largest landslide victory in the history of America. There's no way in the world. What really happened, because
4: this is being totally whitewashed, if the Unselect Committee were serious about getting the facts about January 6th, it would focus on answering the following questions. Why did Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol Police reject the more than 10,000 National Guard troops? or soldiers that I authorized to help control the enormous crowd that I knew was coming. And the reason I knew it, everybody that I knew was saying, I'm going on January 6th, everybody. And they never talk, by the way, they never talk about that crowd. They talk about the people that walked down to the Capitol. They don't talk about the size of that crowd. I believe it was the largest crowd I've ever spoken before. And they were there to protest the election. You were there, right? Am I right? I think it was the largest crowd I've ever... And the fake news never talks about it. They never talk about it. Exactly how many of those present at the Capitol complex on January 6th were FBI confidential informants, agents or otherwise working directly or indirectly with an agency of the United States government? People want to hear this. How about the one guy, go in, go in, get in there everybody, yes, get in there, go, go, go. Nothing happens to him. What happened with him? Nothing happens. Did any of these individuals play any role whatsoever improving or facilitating the events at the Capitol? That's what we want to know, and most importantly, why aren't they investigating november 3rd a rigged and stolen election without getting to the bottom of which we will never have a fair and free democracy why aren't they looking at that
16: well clearly uh there was massive voter fraud i was in uh, arizona the night of the election i was in uh, nevada recent right after that and in georgia Well, the the most frustrating thing to me, the sickening part to me is that there was clear, massive, massive voter fraud. President Trump won the election based on what I've seen. Uh, Huge, like nothing we've ever seen before. And the sick, you know, these guys should be in jail. They should be in prison. So I was uh, I had a bit of cognitive dissonance right after the election. I'm like, wait a second. This this just isn't processing. I was there in Arizona when they called it, when some of the fake news outlets called it uh, Arizona the night of the election. I was sitting there and I, they actually our network asked me, uh, "What do you think about that? You know, what do you make of that?" I'm like, I honestly I can't reconcile this because I'm seeing the numbers. I mean, the people that were going in to vote, it was two to one. President Trump, uh, even on the the early voting, it wasn't nearly the number of votes for Joe Biden that he would have had to get to win. And the day of election. Record turnout, two to one in President Trump's favor, and they call it the night of the election. So I knew something was up then.
13: So if I were Vice President, I would look at the situation and I would say, I will certify the votes. I will count the votes. All of the votes that were legal and followed the Constitution and the state law for how votes should be counted. Anything that was outside of that, we're not gonna count. And we're gonna have investigation to figure out if they're legit. And if they are legit, we'll count them. If they're not we won't because not only is this election past election the most important election every election coming up is the most important but it also affects the world there's so many people from outside the united states that pay more attention to our elections than they do to their own and they say that it affects their life more than their own elections so yeah i would have done that i would have definitely said we're going to make sure these votes are fraud uh, we're not fraudulent the ones that are fraudulent we're not going to count each state Each state has said, you have your rules, you have your laws, you have your constitution. You obviously didn't follow those rules and your constitution to count these votes. Send it back, bring me the right votes. Bring me the ones that are constitutional. Verified, verified, signature verified. It's the only way to go.
5: Best way for us to fix this without violence is the U.S. Constitution. To get the law in the nation to, uh, to follow the oath that they took. But it's, it's, I don't see it happening, to be honest with you. Because if it was gonna happen, they would've done it already. People broke the law, they went against the U.S. Constitution, which is, which my opinion, is the greatest document known to man, second to the Bible. And they completely violated it. They can care less about it.
17: We got phone calls from people that had 10 ballots coming to a house of two people and they couldn't turn them off. I mean, the, the, the process to turn the ballot machine off was much bigger. Uh, so I think there must be a system there that they don't scrub the names and they just mail as many ballots as they can. I think that creates a system where people could and probably did uh, wrongdoing. And I think people see that. I mean, people saw that repeatedly And they're just fed up the only thing i know to take it back is people are gonna have to run for office people are gonna have to run serious races uh no more mr nice guy i mean we see you know very very nice people well-intentioned people run for office they generally lose against they lose against establishment candidates establishment raises a lot of money i mean right now we see in my state where we have establishment billboards up Uh, defending Liz Cheney, someone who was against President Trump. It looks like she has a hatred for President Trump that she's not going to give
3: up. We need to engage everybody. We talk about being a big tent, but then our actions are antithetical to being a big tent, right? We need to go engage everybody, our immigrant communities that are coming here, everybody that's coming here, Black, Asian, all of them. We need to tell them that the conservative values that we subscribe to absolutely will make your life better for generations to come. Get those people to go vote based on that alone, to vote their values. Not just a talking point, but actually go vote the stuff that you believe in.
12: So right now, our country is just in a lot of trouble. We, we are in a lot of trouble, and it's because we have a bad mindset within this nation when it comes to government. So biblically, there's four forms of government. You have self-government, you have family government, church government and civil government and it's supposed to be in that order. The most important form of government is self-government. There's self-responsibility. You don't hear that coming from our politicians. Then you have family government. For a strong self will produce strong families. And that family government is so important for the health of any nation. And a strong family government, then you'll have a strong church government. If you have a strong church government, then you can have a strong civil government. What we've done, and we've said, the most important form of government's not self-government, it's not family government, it's not church government. We say civil government. That it is meant to tell you what you are to do. That's what we saw in 2020. The silver government said, we know what's best for you. That that self-government, that you make decisions for you, that you feel are best for you in consultation with the Lord and your family and your church, we have just got things completely backwards. We have to get back to a place where self-responsibility matters. The choices you make determine the outcome of the life that you have. But that's
13: how the Democrats and the leftists stole it from us. They started from the ground up. They started from our elementary schools. They started from our middle schools. They infiltrated the teachers. The teachers teach this stuff. And they infiltrated the school boards. And the school boards set all these rules that these kids have to learn by you and live by. So as our young youth is coming up, and like Generation Z, millennials now, who believe and have all these wacky support and different things like that, they only know what they know. They don't know anything outside of what they've been told. And we have to affect that and change that so that we start from their level
9: this is a time that we must fight take that figuratively politically or literally we have got to fight for this nation and so again it's not that they're taking our stuff it's that we're giving it to them and it's time that we take it back
10: i recommend we keep fighting we don't let big tech take us down we don't let anybody censor us we don't let leftists and liberals and socialists take us down Especially teenagers my age, and you know, know, I face this every single day, don't let teachers shut us down, don't let our peers shut us down, millennials, keep fighting no matter what. Do not stop the fight, because all they want us to feel is fear and to shut us down. And it's so important that we keep fighting and keep the message going that, you know, defend the Constitution and defend America.
8: We have to get more people involved when it comes to uh, running for elected office. We cannot just rely on uh, voting. Voting isn't enough, it's not, your civic duty is not just voting. When it comes to being civically engaged, let us make sure that every state assembly, every uh, state senate seat, every congressional seat, um, every legislative seat is taken uh, and is run for by a Republican, even city council, controller, insurance commissioner. We need to make sure that all of these seats are run for.
3: This moment in history is our time to act, because if we don't, if we don't hold this critical terrain,
13: we'll never get it back.
3: As far as how we go moving forward, I need less Republicans in country clubs, and I need more Republicans on the street. I need folks uh, beating the streets, as I say, knocking doors. You know, every election cycle, I go through a pair of shoes, I wear a size 16, it ain't cheap to replace those shoes. I need more people out there with me knocking doors, getting in these communities and telling folks why conservative values are gonna make their lives so much better, why conservative values are gonna uh, help their families and their communities prosper and succeed. Uh, the liberal garbage that we're getting from the left ain't cutting it, but the only way that we're gonna tell people about that in a world of censorship and being canceled is getting in their face, uh, in their neighborhoods, in their communities, in their churches, and saying, "This, is, these are the conservative values, Here's how they're going to make your life better. Uh, we need folks on the ground doing that.
7: We're on the march all across the country. We are on the march to save the republic because that's really what it's going to take. Right now, right now, there are two divergent ideologies in the United States. There's this huge upswell of grassroot conservatism that the left is going to label uh, white supremacy which is absolute idiocy, okay? When in reality, all it really is, is an absolute rejection of everything that the liberal side of our country is advocating for. What has happened, and this is all because, ultimately because of President Trump, he sort of opened up the floodgate for all of these conservatives to finally come out and basically profess their conservative values. We need to go get voters who
0: are not in the party. They're Latinos, they're Asian, and they're Black. We gotta go get them from the Democrats because we are the ones who have the solutions. Our solutions create wealth. The Democrat solutions create victims. And I'm not a victim. I believe, like a pastor said in a 1920 sermon, you can either light a candle or you can curse the darkness. If you're cursing the darkness, you're a victim, you don't have a life, your life is over. You light a candle, boom, your life changes.
11: It starts at the state level. And I will say the beauty of our constitutional system is that it gives a lot of power to the states. And we do want that. Because when someone like Biden is in DC you know, controlling the Oval Office, We don't want him running our election system. Trust me. But we have uh, uh, learned about some flaws in our election system that were exploited. They put a big time magazine article about how they were fortifying it, how there was a secret cabal of billionaires and big tech oligarchs and activists that got together. It's like, guys, they're literally admitting to it in this article. They're giving us the roadmap. So what we need to do is a attack what they laid out in the roadmap. Uh, where there are unconstitutional uh, election law changes. Election laws can only be changed by the state legislature. Then we had activist judges and state bureaucrats. That changed them at the last minute. That's bad. we got to get rid of mail-in balloting. Pure and simple. Absentee ballots are okay. Uh, we have to get rid of voting machines. Hand counts only. They're doing it in France. Why can't we do it here? And we got to have voter ID. We have to have signature audits. I mean, there are very simple fixes that we can do that will restore integrity in our elections, and it's absolutely vital. Otherwise, I personally fear, truly, and I'm not advocating for this, but I do fear that something like January 6th will happen again and will probably be worse if this type of election uh, fraud continues to happen.
1: To this moment, I'm not aware of one dumpster fire. I'm not aware of one cop car that was... I'm not aware of one police officer that was blinded with a laser with intent. That is what separates these groups. Our interest is the country. Their interest is anarchy. The two cannot exist in the same space. This is a dangerous window in time. I don't really care about Joe Biden. I care about whether or not my vote will count the next go. Because if I lose that faith, it breaks the social contract. I have agreed that I will pay my taxes and I will serve my country and I will do this, all of which I have done, in exchange for secure borders, constitutional rights, and equal treatment in front of the law. You take that away from me, you're playing a dangerous game. I have no faith in the system at the moment, and I'm saying that as a veteran who has served as a first responder, who has a business, who has kids that formerly went to the local public schools. I'm involved. I'm in the community. I don't exist in some cabin like the uh, Unabomber out in the middle of Kansas somewhere. Nobody knows I exist. I'm connected, I'm involved, Boy Scouts, churches, fundraising groups, charitable organizations. You might wanna make sure that I have confidence and faith in this system so that I continue to be involved, so that I continue to help make this country stronger and safer. That's what I've done my entire life. I'm well skilled and experienced at it. You might wanna take advantage of that skill and experience.
3: God bless all the patriots who's laid it on the line for this country and laid it on the line for
1: this world. We are forever indebted to you, us American patriots. Let's go,
4: guys. It's about save America, save the world. Our American ancestors gave their blood, sweat, and tears to defend our country and our freedom. We stand on the shoulders of American heroes who crossed the oceans, settled the continent, tamed the wilderness, laid down the railroads, raised up the great skyscrapers, won two world wars, defeated fascism and communism, and made America into the single greatest nation in the history of the world, and the best is yet to come. That's true. true. Proud citizens like you helped build this country, and together we are taking back our country. We are returning power to you, the American people. With your help, your devotion and your drive. We are going to keep on working. We are going to keep on fighting. And we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And
5: the rockets
0: red glare, the bombs burn.